We're going to celebrate some sporting excellence this time in Sicily because it was somewhat unplanned, but Kiwi road cyclist Finn Fisher-Black earned his first professional stage victory in the opening day of the Tour of Sicily, 11 months after breaking his femur in a crash. Now, Fisher-Black led for most of the short climb to the end and was expecting his UAA team Emirates teammate Diego Elisi to come through for the sprint, but it didn't eventuate. He was given team orders to keep going and he had a stage victory. A wonderful story of adversity. Now, I just want to try and put this in context for people out there. Firstly, how big cycling is overseas, how hard it is to get a ride on a World Tour trade team, and then how difficult it is just to win a stage in any tour in Europe on the World Tour. And also to give you some understanding that a stage win is considered as a professional race win. So to do this, I've got the godfather of New Zealand cycling, a former national road cycling track coach at multiple Olympic Games, Ron Cheatley. Afternoon to you, Ron. Welcome. Yeah, hi, Mark. How you doing? Very good, good thank you. Now, I understand you were talking to Finn Fisher-Black's father this morning. I'd imagine they'd be popping the champagne. He's a very quiet man, but very passionate about his kids. And what a great story. Oh, yeah, not so much talking. It was more just like a text backwards and forwards, to be fair, uh, Mark. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, like, um, obviously, um, sort of <clears throat> have helped young uh, Finn when he was a youngster. Helped him out a little bit with some uh, sponsorship of some componentry or whatever. I don't know what it was, tyres, disc wheels or something through his dad. And so I've always had a bit of a link there. And, um, yeah, followed Finn's career uh, right through. And it's not just his, but his sister, Neem, as well. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, sister, an outstanding cyclist as well. What, what's the pathway that they've taken? How did they, do, do you know how they got into the sport of cycling? And, um, you know, the fact that both of them uh, are world class. Yeah, I don't actually know how they actually started completely with cycling. Obviously, it was a Nelson area. Um, whether they had sports before cycling or triathlon or whatever, I don't really know that. But um, all I know is that they were talented when they came on the scene in New Zealand, uh, both of them, and it didn't take too long before they were looking for bigger things. And uh, I think Finn was lucky that he was um, he he had some gaps opened up for him by George Bennett, um, who also, of course, came from Nelson and George had taken him under his wing a little bit. So when George was on um, um, Yumbo Visma team, um, which of course is the number one team at the moment, he um, he got um, he got Finn uh, a place on that team. And um, now that uh, they've both moved on to UAE Team Emirates, and uh, they've, they've as I say they've been uh, partners in crime the two of them together and. Uh, I think that is good for, for Finn because like, he looks on George, I guess, as his mentor and uh, guiding them along the way. Yeah. Second biggest sport in Europe behind football. How difficult is it to even just sign a contract with one of these big trade teams? How good do you have to be? Oh, you have to be really, really good. Like, There's about three levels or four levels, actually, of um, pro cycling. And this is the very, very top. This is the pro tour. Um, so, you know, to get a ride on a pro tour, you have to be something special, uh, Mark. Uh, you would know that. And, um, you know, this is the top team. Uh, UAE Team Emirates is, uh, is, is a huge team with uh, Pogaccia in it and, uh, you know, one of the, the superstars of world cycling. And um, 
Yeah, it's a it's a great future for Finn. You know, as you say, said earlier, the fact that he's come back from that broken leg, and you know, Jim Black, his dad, was saying that you know it wasn't so much having to deal with the injury, which was bad enough. It was it was dealing mentally with the fact that this his whole dream and his whole um, career of cycling over. You know, and uh, it's obviously proved that it's not. Yeah. Because it is your femur, and they often say when you break your femur, there's also a chance, you know, for anybody that you can actually end up losing a little bit of your leg length, and it's not a bone you want to be breaking. And clearly, you know, cycling, well, the biggest muscles in the body are the quads, big part of cycling. Clearly, uh, you know, all of that is linked, all of that is associated. Yeah, absolutely. Like the way he won this, uh, obviously, it's always good to win the opening stage because you're tour leader. You're not just won a stage, but you're, you're leading the Tour of Sicily. So he's got still three days to go. Um, but the way he won it was admirable. Like He was told to lead their team captain, uh, Dagger Ulysses, into the bottom of the last climb, which was um, not far from the finish. And George Bennett was tucked right in behind as well. And as he started at the foot of the last climb and you know put the pedal down, he realised he had a, had a gap and didn't know what to do. But then the, the message came through from the team car, I think, to say, hey, Go, man, just go. And uh, he managed to, to ride away and, and hold them off. So, um, yeah, Jesus, it's awesome, really. Like, it's not the first. Like, we've had we've had other. Like, this is all kicked off in 1980 by Paul Jessen. Yep, in Spain. When he won yep. stage 10 of the Volta. Yeah, he won stage 10 back in 1980. And, and, and then, ironically enough, not long after that, in the Dolphin race in France, he had that nasty accident. We ran into a car and... Um, and the infection set into his leg, and he had his lower leg amp- amputated. And um, you know, from there we've had we've had uh, George Bennett's won a stage and uh, Tour of California. Greg Henderson's won a couple in in France and Spain. Patrick Bevan. Yeah, Patrick Bevan and won Tour of Turkey like last year, didn't he? Yeah, well, he, uh, did he win it overall? Or did he just win a stage? Yeah, I, no, think I think he did win it overall. He won it overall, yeah. and George won Tour yeah. of California overall, didn't he? Yeah. So. Um, and, and of course, with a new young guy with Lawrence Pithy as well, mm. that's come onto the scene. He just he won a race in Chalet in France uh, just recently. So, mm. yeah, so Finn's uh, carrying it on. Just explain to people out there, um, Ron, just how the team works in a bike race because clearly he didn't know what to do. You know, he's on the front there. He's trying to set a tempo. He's trying to prevent other teams from going up the road or literally trying to break those riders under a huge amount of fatigue. And then suddenly he's given the go ahead. So what would his role have been at the start of the day? And generally, how do you set up a team in a stage-based race? His role would have been determined the night before. That would have been the plan, exactly what he did um, to stick with the uh, top riders, obviously, the top riders in his team, and to get them in a good position going into that last 10 kilometres and with that uh, hill climb near the finish to just go into it as hard as he could and just stretch all the rest of the teams out but have his team leader and George as well placed handily. As it turned out, he went in extra hard, probably harder than what they thought. He opened a gap, and by opening that gap, he uh, then, as I say, he didn't know what to do, but then he got the message pretty quick to, to keep going. But no, his role would have been determined, definitely. That's That would have been the plan, uh, Mark. So who did they now ride for? 
the rest of UAA over the no, next four yeah. days. I mean, because George, George Bennett is, yeah. is potentially a team leader here. Uh, you talked about their team captain, Diego Ulissi. You've got a guy now in the yellow jersey. He just used, I'm not sure if, in fact, it is yellow in the Tour of Sicily, but, you know, he's in the leader's yellow jersey. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not It's not a big tour in terms of, you know, in the Tour de France, you don't want the yellow jersey in the first week. You don't want to have to defend it. You want to just wait till the mountain stages. But if you're going to grab the jersey on the first day, you're going to do everything to defend it, surely. Yeah, four-day tour, um, and tomorrow's reasonably flat. So it should be a bunch sprint tomorrow. So he should he should still have a tour leader's jersey tomorrow night. They'll they'll defend him tomorrow as as the tour leader for sure, mm. even though he's not looked upon as being the leader in the team. But that he's got the jersey, they they will look mm. after the jersey. So so he'll hopefully still have the jersey going into mm. tomorrow. And even the next day is not too bad, but the last day I think is, is quite hilly. So, but hey, Finn can climb. Mm. Like, he's, he's a good climber. So he's, a, he's got a good show. He's got a good show. Like obviously he has, he's probably still been told that uh, come the last stage and uh, he, if he's not feeling sharp or whatever and doesn't think he can go with the leader, he's got to sacrifice himself for, um, for his team leader. Mm-hmm. So where are we at? We've just had Perry Roubaix over the weekend, uh, the Spring Classics. We start to now what start thinking about Giro d'Italia. Where does the say Tour of Sicily fit into the overall periodisation and planning for these trade teams? Um, it's you can see the list. There's 165 riders in this race, so um, you can see there's a hell of a lot of pro riders, pro tour riders that are in the in the race that are preparing for for the Tour of Italy. And um, a, a lot of them, of course, are Italians, being the fact that it's a, it's a tour of Sicily. And um, it, it's 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 an ideal preparation race. It's like it's been won in the past by people that have riders that have gone on to be the Tour de France winners, like uh, Nibali, for one. And um, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a good warm up race for for the for the Giro d'Italia. So, can we take from this that potentially Finn Fisher Black George Bennett will be part of the UAE team for Giro d'Italia. Is that the sort of the sense you're getting, or is yeah. it too early to tell? Yeah, um, I would say that no. That once again, they will determine at the start of the season who they want in the big races. Because they got to give the riders the, the uh, real um, early early um, advice what they should be looking to perform in. Um, I would say that George is probably a definite for the Giro. And um, Finn, if, if anything, um, the only thing that would prevent him from being in the lineup would be his age. Like he's only 21, and uh, to ride a three-week tour like the Giro d'Italia in in, uh, in Europe with all the top professional riders in the world is is no mean no mean task. So, but um, if he comes through this race in good shape, and particularly if he was good enough to win it, uh, Mark then a uh, pretty good chance of, I guess, being on the start line. Yeah. You, you mentioned 160 riders, uh, the Italians, and it's just an obsession in Italy. This kid is 21 years of age. I remember George Bennett saying to me a couple of years ago at Nationals that this guy is the future. Um, but, you know, a lot of work that day he was doing for George, trying to get George his first national title. Uh, do you believe that Finn Fisher-Black could potentially go on and be our best ever rider on the road of, of the young crop coming through? Probably a little bit hard to say that. Um, yeah, like this is a phenomenal win that he's achieved, um, but we can't just 
hang that on the wall and say, well, he's now going to be one of our best ever. I think it needs a bit more than that, to be fair, um, because we do have some really good young riders that, that are overseas. I think we have uh, around about 20 riders at the moment in Europe. Mm. And um, as I, I mentioned, Lawrence Pithy earlier on, that guy has special talent as well. You, you... And then, of course, you've got all the ones that are coming through in the Black Spoke uh, team, um, who not unfortunately don't, they, they're not in the pro tour, they're on the level below. But um, you know, we could find one or two come out of that with some really good success in the future. You, why do you think the door is? All I can say is, Mark. Yeah, all I can say, Mark, is that our road cycling future. Uh, New Zealanders competing on the very highest level has probably never been brighter. Yeah, I was going to ask you, why have suddenly the doors of opportunity open for New Zealand riders where maybe in the past, yes, we've had the Julian Deans, we've had the odd rider that's done it. Is it because we're easy? Is it because we work hard, we don't get caught up in the politics? And is it also partly because, you know, we are clean? I mean, we seem to be sort of legitimate riders. Yeah, I think I think I think we have got a reputation as Kiwis, uh, a little bit same as the Aussies. That um, you know, if, if we're given the opportunity, um, then you know we're a good signing because um, we work hard. Um, you know, we, we don't just take it for granted. Uh, and and I think that you know the success that has come in the past uh, has been recognised. And I think that, you know, there are holes opening up for, for, for Kiwi riders. And, and there's a lot more lot more sort of recognition being taken of our riders now than probably was being done, you know, 15 years ago. Mm, OK, look, people listening to this are inspired. I mean, uh, there's a whole lot of different bikes out there that people can purchase, but your choice of bike, Ron, here's your opportunity, Ron. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, as you know, Mark, I uh, was the importer and distributor for Trek bicycles for about 25 years or so. So uh, obviously, um, always have to put the brand out there if I can, Mark. And if you were to get a set of tyres, if you'll get a set of tyres to go with that Trek bike? Well, uh, Victoria tyres, just have to say, were first, second and third in the Paris-Roubaix. So and I tell you what, if you look at Paris-Roubaix and you've never seen it, go and get on YouTube, watch a, 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 a sort of documentary back from the 1970s called um, A Sunday in Hell, I think it is, isn't it? Um, watch yeah. Paris-Roubaix, look at the cobbles, you need good tyres. i tell you what, just before we go, Mark, one thing that um, that's obviously happening now is that women's professional road cycling was looked upon as a bit ho-hum by yep. the Euros. Mm. Um, you know, it took, it's taken a long time for them to now recognise that, hey, some of these chicks are good. They're mm. hard, and they're a race that are smart. Mm. And like, if you saw what happened in the women's Paro Bay, which was on last weekend, you had to take your hat off to those girls. Like, women's road cycling has come a hell of a long yeah. way. And... Uh, you know, it's now been it's now been recognised by the European public as serious. Yeah, and a hell of a performance from Alison Jackson. Yep, yep. Yeah, Canadian winner was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, boy, what a one! I just love to just go and ride it. Just you know, just to say, just not you know, just actually ride the route. Yeah, I can't underestimate how hard it is riding on cobbles, man. Unbelievable. Well, I've done a couple of laps of the, of the Roubaix Velodrome, but <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, look, Ron, lovely to have you on the programme, and thank you for your insight. Oh, you're great to, great to be on here talking to you. Thank All you. Right, thanks, Mark. No worries. The great Ron Cheatley there, just put, trying to put in context the performance here of a young Finn Fisher Black winning... 
the opening stage of the Tour of Sicily for his United Arab Emirates team. Um, Bogacha, one of the biggest names in spikling, rides for that team. Uh, also has George Bennett on it. Um, Rafael Maica, uh, Maica is another member of that particular team. Uh, just to get a start, it's like playing English Premier League football, only for one of the big, big teams. That's what these New Zealand riders are doing. It's a tough sport. The best rider doesn't win. Sometimes it's the it's the best team, and it's the strategy, and it's the smartest rider. Michael Vink, another New Zealander, also on that UAE Emirates team. But I just wanted to cover that off this afternoon. Um, I cannot tell you how hard the sport is. Uh, you know, the, yeah, we can put all the drugs and all that other stuff to, to one side, but track and field and athletics and a lot of sports are the same. Um, but this is an incredibly lonely, incredible hard sport. I mean, imagine breaking your femur. You're 20, 21 years of age. You've got this incredible career laid out in front of you and you're sitting there wondering if you're ever going to come back. And you recover and then you go and win a stage in emphatic fashion, basically riding guys off your wheel because you're riding that damn hard. And that's a very hard thing to do when someone's sitting on your wheel in a bike race, to ride them off your wheel. Well done to Finn Fisher-Black, well done to Nelson and that particular region for producing such wonderful cycling talent. And special thanks again to Ron Cheatley. 